Maximum Health with your host, Dr. Ken Gray. With over 20 years in healthcare, Dr. Gray is a doctor of oriental medicine and holistic physician fusing Eastern and Western healing. Dr. Gray is on staff at Jupiter Medical Center and in private practice with an office in Jupiter, Florida, where he resides. Dr. Gray enjoys being a physician as well as being an educator. His unique approach to holistic healing has taken him abroad to lecture in Baden-Baden, Germany, and treat sports professionals in Hawaii and Biarritz, France. He is co author of several books on food therapy and the founder of the annual Star Summit Talks at the Norton Museum of Art in Palm Beach, Florida. Now it's time for Maximum Health with Dr. Ken Gray. everyone. This is Maximum Health Radio, Quality Living with yours truly, Dr. Ken Gray. Thank you for joining us. Uh, We're available via all major podcasts, and at this stage of the game, that's the way to listen (laughs) at your convenience. Um, And as always, we have wonderful guests every week, and we have with us a return guest, Dr. Daniel Monti, an amazing individual who has been doing integrative uh, medicine work at the Thomas Jefferson University's Marcus Institute of Integrative Health. Um, He's just released a book, Tapestry of Health, which I think is a really wonderful step in the right direction for uh, holistic approaches to wellness and well-being for all of us. Uh, Thank you, sir, for joining us today. Always a pleasure to be on your show, Dr. Gray. Yes. So uh, the the tagline is weaving wellness into your life through the new science of integrative medicine. And that is just superb. You know, the the idea is that holistic or these approaches that you discuss in the book is not new, but the integrative medicine is new. And what that is, I'd like you to sort of delve into for me because, you know, some people don't really understand what the term integrative medicine means, but let's, let's talk about that a little bit. Yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a dilemma because we have all these terms out there and they're confusing to people. Uh, complementary medicine, integrative medicine, holistic medicine. I think what all of us are trying to get at is how do we add value to the medicine that's out there by bringing a holistic approach and bringing in therapies that make sense, that have a promising evidence base, and that can really help people to transform their current level of wellness, regardless of what it is, to the, to the next level. Right. And that's really where integrative medicine shines. And the reason I use the word science in the tagline that you um, just mentioned is because the science has really propelled itself over the last couple of uh, decades to catch up to where a lot of the rest of medicine is. Mm -hmm. We didn't have that before. Right. You know, back when you were starting out and I was starting out in this field, we didn't have as much evidence support for what we're doing. But now the evidence is just exploding. And that's helpful when it comes to research. It it really is. That's the area that it it helps. You know, for people, um, I think it will validate, but obviously the proof is in the pudding. No matter what science says, if it helps, it helps. If it doesn't, it doesn't, right? So (laughs) whether it's medication or surgery or anything that has been uh, proven, I think we're looking at a phase where, you know, all of 
the medical industry, including myself, we're trying to catch up to what has been proven, and we're trying to back it with science. It's almost the reverse. Rather than science trying to make <laughs> things right, science is trying to catch up to what has already, already been right for thousands of years. Yeah, that's such a great way of putting it. And so, but what's really great about having, you know, putting all of this together in a book is the type of lifestyle interventions and therapies that we knew worked yes. for a long time. There's now that evidence to, to, to support it. And so the book is a combination of what, what you can be doing based upon what we know works and also where the evidence is to support that. Mm-hmm. One of the things that I really like is in the middle section, I have these uh, glossy photos of brain scans mm-hmm. that we did at the Marcus Institute, um, Thomas Jefferson University, where I work and where we created the first ever department of integrative medicine in a medical school. Mm-hmm. And some of our clinical trials, because we're fortunate to have great neuroimaging equipment, we've showed how the brain changes right. when people engage in the types of therapies that you've been promoting um, all along and that we've been studying and and trying to get a good evidence base for. Yes, and the first picture is obviously dealing with brain cancer therapy um, and post-therapy and, you know, th- with the functional MRI is what I'm looking at because I have the book right in front of me right now. Thankfully, I received some copies via your generosity, and it's such an amazing book, by the way. For any of you listening, please go out and get Tapestry of Health. It's it's tremendous uh, testimony to where we are now and where we're going to be going in the next uh, few decades and beyond. Um, that particular one that you're looking at is really one of my favorite studies. There's there's two with uh, cancer patients um, in the glossies. One of them is uh, a stress reduction program mm-hmm. for cancer patients, showing that actually their brain navigates stress better. Mm. The the breast cancer patients who participated in this program and uh, their brain reacted better to a stressful task. Right. After doing some of those basic mindfulness skills that we're always talking to our patients about. And then um, another study in there with uh, cancer patients were those who had a, a more severe form of stress and distress, kind of a post-traumatic stress related to um, the cancer experience. And we used an intervention called the neuroemotional technique mm-hmm. and did brain scans pre and post that intervention, which has its roots in some of the things you talk a lot about in uh, traditional Chinese medicine, the, acu- the acupuncture and mm-hmm. acupressure system, right. but also cognitive behavioral therapy. It kind of combines a lot of different things all into uh, one brief intervention. And we're really pleased with the differences in those pre-post scans. And then a couple of the other ones are well, on well, just nutrient intervention. Sorry, no problem. I do want to get to those. But I think what's so important here is you mentioned stress reduction during cancer treatment. Now, for you and I, this might seem like, you know, old hat, but I think it's still uh, a mystery or just there's there's a certain amount of ignorance around the fact that stress is counterproductive to healing and cancer treatment. Give us a right. little bit of insight from a medical perspective and your years of experience of why this is. I think it's such a tremendous point that you make because we know high stress levels make the outcome of virtually every illness worse. That data is there. Um, There are mechanisms by which that occurs that we much better understand now. Stress levels, when they're too high, actually impair the uh, immune system through the nervous system. 
And um, what you have is a person who's less healthy and less able to have the full type of immune response you want them to be having as they're trying to recover from an illness. So we know that whether it's a cancer patient or somebody with lupus or, um, uh, you know, an arthritic uh, problem or some other uh, other type of chronic uh, medical illness. Autoimmune disease is, or otherwise, anything under autoimmune disease or, that's right. or inflammatory-based di- diseases, immune system diseases, all of those are linked and tied to the gut, which is linked and tied to the to the stress levels and cortisol levels. And it's just amazing, right? It's, it's, it's never ending how this all ties in, but the science is there. That's the beauty of integrative medicine. That's what we're integrating all those systems and how they interrelate. Right. You know, it's not like when you sort of, you know, medicine has parsed things out into artificial um, segments in a way where, one person is only looking at the gut. One person's only looking at the heart. One mm-hmm. person's only as if all of it doesn't interact in a fluid way at right. all times. Right. And then communication, you know, that's, that's right. that is lacking in, in a lot of situations as well, where the whole person may suffer due to the fact that, you know, the the one hand is not talking to the other hand. <laughs> um, that's right. Yeah. So, this you know, is, we have this. Go ahead. No, I was just going to say we have this beautiful mind-body architecture. And, um, you know, people used to talk about mind and body as if they were separate when they're the flip side of the same coin because how we think about things and how we're navigating stress has a direct impact on how we feel, what our nervous system is doing, what our immune system is doing, and so on. Mm. And the reverse is true because everything is a network within a network within a network. Right. Now, what are besides the mindful meditation which you mentioned? What are some other uh, techniques that you would recommend while undergoing cancer treatment uh, in this book? Because I know that you have different chapters. Um, some that really pop out. Obviously, the first one we just talked about was mind-body transformation. You have a section on that. Um, we have sleep hygiene. That's yep. an interesting term. Tell us a little bit about sleep hygiene. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, it's, it's something that the sleep medicine world loves to use the term hygiene, and it's really your sleep habits. Okay. And your sleep habits are so important. Um, whether you're sick or whether you're trying to avoid becoming sick, you know, I remember, uh, you know, my grandmother saying to me when I was a student, make sure you get enough sleep. And I'm like, ah, yeah, whatever, you know, kind of thing. But actually, this was sage advice, and uh, all of you out there who give it to your kids or heard it from your parents or grandparents. We now know that um, problems with sleep and uh, not getting um, enough restful sleep has serious consequences over time. We need that restoration and recuperation time of sleep, which means we need to have good sleep habits and we need to have the most restful sleep possible so that we're going through the stages of sleep in the best possible way because there's there's discrete stages of sleep and we need to get into that deep sleep stage and if we're not um going to bed at the regular time if we're being if we're staying up too late watching uh cable network news because the world feels like it's falling apart (laughs) and all of the and eating the wrong things late at night all the things that sort of uh are negative for sleep hygiene then we're not going to have the best health outcomes so I I spend a little time talking about that in the book in terms of what are the best things you can be doing to have the best night's sleep. Because a lot of people 
once they hit the middle decades of life, start to complain that they're not sleeping as well. But there's remedies for that, and there's natural remedies for that. Right. Now, the you know, there's some other real key elements to the book and, and programs that you will run through, uh, run people through, the readers through. Um, obviously, exercise should be obvious to most, but it's not. <laughs> there are people that there are people that dismiss exercise as almost like an option in life rather than a must, and it's just um, you know, cardiovascular health, uh, you know, the immune system, uh, circulation, vascular system, uh, processing of toxins. I mean, there's so much tied to exercise, and it, but it's at this point where you do for some people they need the science to tell them, hey. You need to exercise or else you're not going to be healthy. <laughs> you know. That's right. Well, yeah. Dr. Gray, as you know, sitting is the new smoking. Yeah. And yeah. There, the evidence for that is just exploded. And yeah. we, we give people the evidence that, you know, the, the more you move, the better. Right. Um, because of all the reasons you just listed beautifully. Mm-hmm. And not just movement, but, you know, the science of movement, how yes. breathing and uh, the heart rate needs to be a factor and, you know, uh, how long the heart rate is elevated for how much of a period of time minimal per day, right? There's a science behind that. Uh, yes. Upper body movement, a spark, especially you have a case study here in Parkinson's in the book where you show uh, the, the, the brain scan with Parkinson's. But, you know, there's this saying where there's actual been boxing classes um, you yes. know, where the p- individuals with Parkinson's are encouraged to move their upper body uh, with a punching bag uh, a certain amount of times per week, per day, and uh, or for a certain amount of time per day in order to increase, decrease stress levels, which help with the dopamine centers, which contribute to Parkinson's, as well as, ac- you know, the accurate movement of their upper limbs, as well as their upper body health and vascular health to their heart, which then a healthy heart, healthy mind kind of thing, you know. Uh, so, yeah, there's a lot to be said about exercise. But one thing that per- perks me up here is the weaving in intimacy. Let's talk about that. You make me think about so many different things when you're um, uh, uh, describing some of the elements of the book. Uh, the, the intimacy is, is, is such an important component. And, and before I jump to it, it, when you were talking about the Parkinson's patients, you know, the thing about integrative medicine, so those pre-post brain scans that we have at Parkinson's patients, that's on a nutrient-based therapy that we do that really made a big difference in people's lives. But then, as, as you said, you layer that with the other things we do in integrative medicine. And if you get somebody early enough in the disease process, you can make a big difference in their lives, a big difference. Mm. And, you know, the intimacy part that you talked about, this is something that oftentimes gets, you know, set aside in medical practice, but um, relationships are important. And we know that um, if you have healthy relationships in your life, your health is better. This is a known fact. And so during the times like this, in this pandemic, people oftentimes get isolated. And so people I know who live alone, I'm like, still stay connected, though. You know, and, you know, you even if it's you're staying connected with Zoom sessions or you're calling your friends or you're calling the people that, that care about you and that you care about and that you stay connected in whatever way feels safe and comfortable to you right now. But to stay connected is so important because isolation is not healthy for us. Right. And our immune system doesn't like it. 
Oh, it's so important that to hear you say that. And you know, it's this been one of my qualms with these people that have these positions in so-called, you know, higher up uh, medical whatever names associations that are really dismissing the holistic view of humanity as an organism. Right. right? We are healthier together. Now, obviously there's common sense. If you have a low immune system and you come across someone with the flu and they're sweating and they're coughing and sneezing, you don't get right up in their business and kiss them and hug them and, you know, not expect some blowback, you know, unless you're going to go and make your immune system healthy to fight off the, 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 the looming virus that's around. But, you know, interestingly enough, it's, it's this idea that social health, you know, uh, togetherness is not extremely important. You know, whether it's, now I've done a, a, a show recently with child abuse and, and spousal abuse and domestic violence and those right. things on the rise, you know, that is a detriment, you know, that's, that's a direct result of not having that social connection and check-in systems with teachers and family members and so forth and so on. These are, you know, and stress levels go up, all sorts of negative things happen, including our immune system going down. Um, so intimacy and in a positive note keeps us sort of in check with ourselves, a higher level of existence, um, emotionally, mentally, you know, co- good, healthy conversation. That's a part of it too, because I guess if you're gonna be social and all you're gonna do is talk about what's on the news, Probably not a good idea. <laughs> it's counterproductive. But if you're going to take a nature walk, get some fresh air, go to the beach, share a good conversation, talk about future plans, family, good memories, you know, um, stay positive, then that can be really helpful in healing. Um, so I love this. Yeah, I couldn't, couldn't underscore that enough. And, you know, to the point you just made about, you know, the news, this is a time where um, – you know, the, the news has a lot of people on edge. There's a lot going on. And uh, I think that some people, especially if they're home and they're somewhat isolated, they're watching too much mm-hmm. of the uh, news, which right. is keeping them in a distressed state. Yes. You know what I tell all my patients is like, um, when you, you know, watch the news for the day, like the actual news is there in the first 10 minutes. Right. The rest is all opinions and anxiety. And sensationalism. And sensationalism. Exactly. Yes. That's the right word. Sensationalism. Mm-hmm. Yep. And like, don't intake too much of that sensationalism because it disrupts your nervous system. It Absolutely. puts you on edge. However, and interesting, and I'm sure your science, uh, there, there is an aspect, not your science, but science in general, hopefully will make a, a greater view and clarity of this. It, it, there is a switch that flips. And instead of feeding off of positive, you almost feed off of negative. And right. they become addicted to that stimuli of that negative nature and the news and the media knows this and that's what they've been using to keep people addicted to the use but by just focusing on the negative and Absolutely. you know uh, unfortunately it makes more ratings for them but for the american public and the global public it is doing nothing but harm um, so that people have to watch that and they have to self-govern how much of this negative impulse are they feeding on you know are they that little mouse going and nibbling, you know, <laughs> to just get enough of that impulse every day? And, and can they then flip that switch back to where maybe they're seeking out the positive and, and, and a higher level of social vibration and interaction? It's such a beautiful point, because the more you engage in that sensationalism and almost get that sort of addictive high from it, um, then the more that's how that 
the more that's the lens through which you will see everything in the world right. and you lose sight of the positive. Right. Just to your point. Yeah. And, and there are people out there that don't need much of an excuse to focus on negative, so they need to also be, you know, we need to all be aware of that. Um, right. Now, there is something, you know, it's a multi-billion dollar, if not trillion dollar industry, always has been, is weight loss. Uh, but one point huh. you make with one of your chapters is your weight is a relationship. So if you can expound on that, that would be wonderful. Yeah. You know, the, 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 your weight is a relationship with yourself first and, and foremost. And I think that people get focused on the scale when really the focus is about nurturing and how are you taking care of yourself and nurturing yourself. And if you empower yourself with the knowledge of what is a diet that feeds your body and feeds your soul, that makes the cells of your body come alive, weight takes care of itself. Mm. But it's about actually connecting to the reality of what foods do, the ones that are good and healthful, and what the ones that sort of tear you down do, so that you can start to make decisions in a loving way towards yourself. That doesn't mean you're going to be perfect 100% of the time, but it means you're more and more thoughtful about how you take care of you. Mm. Because every time you put something in you, it's having a biochemical reaction, many biochemical reactions in your body. And the more you can think about that and the more the science supports that, and it does, and we talk about that science, the better position you're in to be the best caretaker of you. And that's really the, the core relationship here. And then weight takes care of itself. Yes. And, you know, one of the key words, and I just have to underline that, italicize, uh, bold it, and, you know, <laughs> highlight it, is um, nurture. Uh, when a patient hears me say that to them, it's almost like a light goes off. It's almost like they've never been told yes. to nurture themselves. And it's yes. it's something that we tend to think of when we think of a baby or, or a child of ours, but we don't think of it when it comes to ourselves. And we pound ourselves to the ground. We, we, we you know... Uh, make these demands of ourselves on a day-to-day -day basis, but we rarely ever think in terms of nurturing ourselves uh, to meet those demands. There's this little meditative exercise. Because I tell people, you know, a few times a day just breathe. You don't want to do a full meditative thing. That's okay, but if you reset your breathing by taking a few deep breaths, it does wonders for the nervous system. And if you want something to think about, as you take a few deep breaths, there's, there's an old um, uh, Indian kind of meditative prayer, breathing in, I look at myself. Mm. Breathing out, I smile at myself like a mother smiles at her newborn baby. Mm. And that kind of lends itself to that concept of nurturing that you're talking about. I love that. Breathing in, I look at myself. Breathing out, I smile at myself like a newborn baby. Like a smile, like a mother like smiles a mother at her smile. newborn baby. Perfect. And and for those of you listening, this is Dr. Daniel Monty, MD, the Ellen and Ron Kaplan Professor and Chair, Integrative Medicine and Nutritional Sciences, Sydney Kimmel and Medical College, CEO, Marcus Institute of Integrative Health, Thomas Jefferson University and Jefferson Health. He's pushing us forward. He's backing it with science. He's bringing us up to speed, and he's giving us options uh, to, to start asking more questions that will hopefully make us better and healthier holistically, not just the branch but the root, looking at the root of where we are in our health and well-being,
every aspect of it. I'm so proud and happy to be on the phone with you today um, and, and to hear this work that you're doing. You've published this great book, Tapestry of Health. How can people get it? Amazon, Barnes & Noble. And we also have a website for the book, tapestryofhealth.net, mm-hmm. um, which people can connect to because um, I've done a few webinars with uh, Dr. Bazan on different topics in the book. So you can click on them if you want a little more in-depth um, explanation of some of the topics that are in the book. So, you know, we're, we're really happy to have supportive resources for people. That's why yes. we wrote the book. And, and Dr. Bazan is your co-author. He's, he's medical director of the Marcus Institute of Integrative Health and professor in the Department of Integrative Medicine, yes. right? And yes, and he's science. a functional he's... medicine genius. Right. So... <laughs> he's, the, uh, he's the person people come to around the country when they're not sure what's wrong. And so we, you know, we, we, we have a great partnership. Um, we've put together this program for a long, long time. And I think that some of the case examples and the different topics we cover, uh, it's really meant to be a, a resource and a tool for people. Right. And, you know, and interestingly enough, we, we have shared patients over the years, even though you're all yes. the way over at Thomas Jefferson University and uh, Thomas Jefferson Hospital, uh, the you know, our worlds are small in the sense that, you know, you have people that migrate or go yearly between Florida and then uh, to different states. And so that's, we've been fortunate to be connected through patients that were searching for uh, integrative medicine and put their team together. And then we were fortunate to be on the same team. And uh, and today we're fortunate to be sharing this book and the progress of integrative medicine on a scientific and uh, medical level uh, to the community at large. Uh, I, I hope, all, I wish you all the success, and because uh, I think your success means all of our success. And uh, is, is there anything else that you want to give as a just a, a mantra for us besides the breathing in and breathing out? <laughs> <laughs> that nurture word, you've got it. And okay. that's really what the book is about. How do you how do you better nurture yourself? And I'd just like to say thank you to you, Dr. Gray, for fighting the good fight out there and making um, all of this more available to people. And we look forward to, uh, to having you on our grand round schedule next year. Yeah. We're, uh, we're planning it now and uh, look forward to being able to connect with, with, with your community more. Um, everybody, tapestryofhealth.net, um, there's a place you can even ask us questions. So um, I really uh, appreciate the opportunity to tell people about what we're doing at Jefferson in Philadelphia and appreciate you, Dr. Gray. Oh been a tremendous pleasure and honor. This has been another Maximum Health Quality Living. If you've missed any portion of this amazing show, it's available via all podcasts, uh, all major podcasts. So uh, tune in, sign up, subscribe, listen, support. We love you all. And uh, and we love you, Dr. Monty. Thank you so much. Birds flying high, you know how I feel. Sun in the sky, you know how I feel. Breeze drifting on by, you know how I feel. It's a new dawn, it's a new day. It's a new life for me, yeah. It's a new dawn, it's a new day. It's a new life for me. And I'm feeling good. See, you know how I feel. 
river running free You know how I feel Blossom on the tree You know how I feel It's a new dawn It's a new day It's a new life For me And I'm feeling 